today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Continue in the book of Romans tonight, Romans chapter 1. Paul is dealing with the Gentile world. He said in verse 19, Romans chapter 1, verse 19, that that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. In other words, God has revealed enough about himself in creation, and uh, man is without excuse. Uh, the evidence is, is obvious. Science is proving more and more all the time that there has to be a God, so man is without excuse. He said in verse 20, even the invisible things of God are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Even the invisible things of God are clearly seen. Um, I remember making the statement a while back about heaven being a planet. And that raised some eyebrows of some people. Heaven being a planet? Are you getting a little Star Trekish or Star Warsish or whatever? <laughs> no. The invisible things of God are understood by the things that are made. When you think about all the things that are in heaven, uh, there's trees there. There's a city there, horses is there, there's a street there. I mean, the list goes on and on about the things that are in heaven. And if you want to know what heaven is like, just look at the earth. The invisible things of God are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So in my opinion, I believe that heaven is an actual planet where God dwells. And one day he's going to bring his... Eternal city, the holy city is going to come down from the planet heaven to this planet earth and he's going to forever be with us and we're going to be with him. And it'll be a different world then. He'll, uh, he'll change everything. He'll make all things new. Praise God. The invisible things of God are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. God can be known if people want to know. So there's, there, there's nothing um, hidden. Paul also said, verse 21, that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. And as we stated last week, uh, you can go back in human history and see where there's been some type of religion in every civilization since the dawn of time. And when you look into those religions, they just simply took what was given to Moses and they took it and twisted it, perverted it, and made their own 
God out of it because they didn't want the God of the Bible. They found out that God was opposed to sin. And he wasn't going to put up with, with certain activities and things, and man didn't want that. So he just outright rejected God because he was opposed to their sin. And neither were they thankful, the scripture says there in verse 21. Uh, they didn't want the God of the Bible, even though God provided a way to have forgiveness of sin and relationship with God. Not only is God opposed to sin, but he's, he's offered a way for us to be free from sin and a way to have relationship with God. Uh, but they were not thankful for that because they just didn't want that God. And because of that, they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. When you reject God, you're rejecting the truth. It is the only truth, really, that's in this world. And you're rejecting the only light there is. When you leave the truth, when you leave God's light, it leaves nothing but darkness. And Paul is saying that when they did that, their thinking got all messed up, which, you know, stands to reason. It's like a mathematical equation. You can have a long list of numbers, and you can start anywhere in that equation, and it don't matter what you get right. If you get the first few numbers wrong, the whole thing is going to be wrong. And so their thinking today is all messed up because they've left God. And if you don't understand God as it pertains to creation, you're not going to understand much of anything else when you get right down to it. Verse 22, they professed themselves to be wise, but instead they became fools. Much of the world today believes in evolution. It's been taught in the public schools as a fact. It's taught in colleges today. And uh, people believe that stuff. They believe that creation came about as the result of some explosion. And as we stated again last week, I don't know about you, every explosion I've ever seen, there's been destruction when an explosion takes place. I've never seen an explosion take place and there be a, a brand new car when the smoke clears. I mean, it, it, it's just impossible. It's not going to happen. But that's what people believe, and they also believe that, that man came from monkeys. Uh, think about the foolishness of that. Uh, it takes more faith to believe that stuff than it does to just simply believe that, that God made it. You know, when, when, when you believe that stuff, you've actually got to change the laws of nature. And that's exactly what they did. If you'll look there in verse 23, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And the sad thing about it today is you got Christians buying into this stuff. Christians trying to mix evolution and the Bible, and the two will not mix. Haven, if you will, put up on the screen Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Second Peter 3, verse 8. They take this verse of Scripture where it says, Beloved, believe, uh, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Evolution says that man evolved over billions and billions of years. 
And so they take this verse of Scripture and they try to apply it to the Genesis account of creation. And they say that God created this world over thousands of years instead of six days uh, that's recorded in the Bible. They say that those days that, that um, and, you know, God created this on the first day, that day represents a, a thousand years, that God did not literally mean um, a day, a 24-hour period. Let's go over to Genesis for just a minute, and I'll prove to you that it is a 24-hour period of time. Genesis chapter 1. Uh, look at verse 3. Genesis 1 verse 3. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day, evening and morning. That's 24 hours. As you go on down there and you look, um, you see where God made the firmament there in verse 7. Uh, he divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters that were above the firmament. And it was so God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And so on and so forth, as you read through uh, the first chapter of Genesis, you'll see where it says evening and morning was the third day. Evening and morning were the fourth day, and so on and so forth. So um, you got people today trying to... Uh, mix things here and there, and 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 it just ain't going to work out. As far as man evolving from monkeys, they say that God made the monkey, and we evolved from the monkey. Well, let's take a look at that. Uh, Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-six. Pull that up. God said, "Let us make man in our image." I guess God looks like a monkey then. God made the monkey and we evolved from the monkey. Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Like I said, I guess God looks like a monkey because uh, man was originally created in the image of God. And man has just evolved into what he is today. See what happens when you buy into evolution and you start mixing things? When you do that, you're changing the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, as uh, Paul said there. Let's look at verse 24, Romans chapter 1, verse 24. Romans 1, verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, this doesn't mean that God gives up on them and they can never be saved. As long as a person um, is alive, um, that individual can get saved. God will keep dealing with them and working with them. Um, and there's an opportunity for that person to be saved. Uh, but what this verse is actually talking about is this. The refraining force of God, which is the moral code 
Um, God has written that in the heart of man. That is the restraining force of God. And, and God just gives them up. Go to uh, Romans chapter 2. Verse 14, we looked at this the other week. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or excusing one another. When man continually goes against the moral code of God that's written in his heart. When he continues to go against that thing, his heart gets harder. The heart of man gets harder. It becomes easier and easier to sin. And God just gets out of the way. When a person rejects God, when they refuse the truth, as we've stated time and time again, when light is given and that light is rejected, then that light is withdrawn. The restraining force of God that's written in the heart of man to obey the things that are written in the Bible, although he don't even know the Bible. You got people out here that wouldn't dare steal anything and they're not saved. They don't know anything about the Bible, but it's, it's just written in their heart that that's wrong. That's not the thing to do. That's the moral code of God. When an individual bucks up against that moral code of God that's written in the heart, that heart gets harder and it becomes easier and easier to sin. God just gets out of the way and he lets them go. He gives them up to the uncleanness and the lust of their own hearts. He gets out of the way and the sin nature takes over. And we've got a lot of people out here that are under the control of the sin nature. There's no restraint. That's exactly what's going on in our nation tonight. No restraint. Even to the point of where people are dishonoring their own bodies between themselves, the Bible says. Now, this not only speaks of adultery, fornication, pedophilia, lesbianism, homosexuality, but it also includes bestiality. That's where we're heading next. We've got men marrying men and women uh, marrying women. The next thing you're going to have is people wanting to marry their dog. That's where we're heading. It just keeps getting worse and worse and spiraling out of control, and uh, there's, there's no restraining force. There's nothing holding it back. Nothing causes us to blush anymore as a nation. Why is all this happening? Verse 25, Romans 1 verse 25, because they changed the truth of God into a lie. Man has purposely changed the truth of God to suit his own needs. Think of that. We don't want that God. We want our own God. We want a God that's not going to be opposed to our sin. He either rejects God altogether and believes that man came from monkeys, or he just takes the truth of God and mixes it with something else and comes up with his own God, all so that he can continue on in his sin.
Either way, they're worshiping and serving the creature more than they are the creator. Man is actually worshiping and serving himself when you get right down to it. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have my way. What I have is because I've worked hard and I got my education and I landed that good job and what I have is all because of me. It has nothing to do with God. That's the attitude today. But understand something. Paul said here in the latter part of verse 25 that it's the Creator who is the blessed forever. Amen. It's God that's doing the blessing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. But the greatest blessing of all is salvation. Out of everything that God has done, the greatest blessing at all of all is the gift of salvation. Even after people deliberately do things against God, God sent His Son into this world to die for us. Romans 5 and verse 8, God commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We can't comprehend that. He saved us, and he knew we were going to go back out and play the fool. But he saved us anyway. All right, let's look at verse 26, Romans 1, verse 26. For this cause, what cause? Because man purposely rejected God, changed the truth of God into a lie, changed the truth of God to suit his own needs. For this cause, God gave them up again. This does not mean that the person cannot get saved. It means that God just steps out of the way and lets them do what they want to do. God will never violate a person's free will of choice. He gives them up to vile affections. That's... A sin nature that's running out of control, driving a person to do the things that they do, driving them deeper and faster into sin. I know of several people right now. They've started down a road, and it's amazing how far they have slipped in just a couple of months. I mean, they were going to church at one time, but now... It's worse now than it was before, but Jesus said it's better for a man to have never known the way than to know it and depart from it. He said when a demon spirit goes out of a man, he comes back and finds the place clean and garnished. He'll get seven more spirits worse than himself, and the latter state of the man is worse than the first. You got people that go out here and they try to turn over a new leaf. They don't actually get saved. They just clean out uh, clean up the outside of the cup, Jesus said, but the in, inward parts is full of of uh, dead man's bones. He was talking about the sepulcher. Yeah, you, you whitewash the sepulcher, but the inside of it is like dead men's bones. Uh, that's what people are doing today. Uh, they look all right on the outside. They're trying to turn over a new leaf, but that demon spirit... He, he sees that there's nothing taking up residence within the heart and life of the person. 
a greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Psychology may help some people and their behavior may change. But unless the power of the Holy Spirit is inside, binding up that sin nature and taking up residence within the heart and life of the person, um, demon spirits can cause all kind of problems and even possess people. And Jesus said that spirit will, will get seven more and come back in the latter state of the person will be worse than the first. But God gives them up to vile affections. It gets faster and faster. They go deeper and deeper. It gets worse and worse, and it gets harder and harder to stop doing what you're doing. That's, that's the bad part about sin. Only the power of God can stop it. Only the power of God can stop it. All right, let's take a look at verse 26, the latter part of that. Romans 1 verse 26, For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust toward one another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Now, I want you to notice here in these verses that the Holy Spirit uses the word women and men. Pointing to both the male and female gender. God intended for a man to be a man, and he intended for a woman to be a woman. Each has its own purpose as it pertains to procreation. That's what God established way back in Genesis. We read it just a few minutes ago. But both genders burned in their lust and went against nature, trying to change that which God designed, men with men, women with women. That's homosexuality and lesbianism. They burned, notice that in verse 27. They burned in their lust one toward another. It's like a fire out of control. A fire in a building. No restraint. That fire continues until the whole building is consumed and destroyed. This lust is the same way in the heart of of an individual, there's no restraint. It continues. It gets worse and worse until the person is completely consumed and destroyed by it. They burned in their lust one toward another. Working that which is unseemly. The word unseemly in the Greek means to be disfigured and deformed. Have you ever noticed how homosexuals and lesbians change their physical appearance? Their emotions are changed. The way they think is changed. You, you can always spot one on television. It, it, it has completely consumed their thinking, their mannerisms, everything. They actually become what they do. And that's the bad thing about it. 
working that which is unseemly. They become disfigured and deformed from what God originally intended for them to be. Like I said, God intends for a man to be like a man, act like a man, do the things of a man. He intends for a woman to be a woman and do the things that a woman can do. There are some things that a woman can do that a man can't do. There are things that a man can do that a woman can't do. And I'm not, you know, discriminating. Well, I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Women were designed for a purpose, and men were designed for a purpose. I'm not discriminating against anything. I'm just telling the facts. Now, people get offended by that, though. Receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. The word recompense in the Greek means to reward or to give in compensation for. A reward given in compensation. Their error and their sin pays them back for what they've done. Think of that. Their error and their sin pays them back for what they've done. Let me give you these statistics. 66% of homosexual men have AIDS. 66%. While 30% of homosexual men attempt suicide. The average life expectancy of a heterosexual male is around 75 years of age, while the life expectancy of a homosexual male is 42, almost half. 2% of homosexual men live over 65. Receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat, their sin pays them back. Look at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they didn't want God. They didn't want this God. They want a God of their own making. They've even come out with a Bible now for homosexuals. God gave them over. Now this is the third time this phrase is used in these scriptures that we're reading here. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That's a mind that can't determine right from wrong. A reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient or to do those things which are not fit for a person to be doing. That's about where we're at today, ain't it? We got people that don't know right from wrong. They're all messed up. I mean, there's people right now, they are in an uproar because a little boy can't go in the girl's bathroom. Don't know right from wrong. I heard about a girl that had a sex change. Little little kid. I mean, really? Their parents let that child Number one, a child's mind hasn't developed to the extent to where they can make that kind of decision. Where did those thoughts come from? The parents being in these godless schools where all this stuff's being taught. That thought got in their head and now, now their whole life is wrecked. But now this debate about 
people wanting to go in other people's restrooms. Don't know right from wrong. And what really gets me is you've got some churches that are saying we need to put a stop to this hate. We shouldn't be hating on these people that are transgendered. If they want to go in a woman's bathroom or a man's bathroom, let them go into whatever bathroom they want to go in. It's not a hate issue. It's a moral issue. I mean, we were talking about it tonight. I mean, do you ladies want to go in a, in, a, in a bathroom and there's some man standing in there? Really? You think about it. Here's Target now is letting people go into whatever bathroom they want to go in. Some of them's got these drop ceilings. They'll be going in there putting cameras in there, perverts. Hadn't thought about that, had you? Their foolish heart has been darkened. God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. They can't determine right from wrong. We've had a president in office now for eight years that don't know right from wrong. That's why we're in the mess we're in now. And, and, and like I said, the sad fact about it is you've got churches now that are rallying in behind this thing. God's turned them over to a reprobate mind. Don't know right from wrong. But they're the signs of the times. Jesus said, when you see these things, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. In the last days, men would be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That's the age we're living in. If it feels good, do it. It's crept into the churches today. Had a girl tell me just last night, she said, I want to go into a church where I feel good. I don't want to go in church where the preacher's judging me. I said, hey, church is a spiritual hospital. When you go in the hospital, they'll give you medicine at times that'll make you feel good. But there are times when they'll stick them needles in you and it don't feel so hot. But we need the needles. Hello? We need the needles. When you come to church, it ain't always going to be comfortable. At least it shouldn't be. But that's the age we're living in now. People want to feel good. Feels good, do it. It's bad. I don't think we realize how bad it is. I know y'all remember me telling uh, about a dream I had about stepping outside and seeing a bird fly by. And it wasn't long until the sky was filled with them and I got a closer look at them and they were demon spirits and the sky was full of them this country is being invaded by demon spirits but also in that dream those things started screaming and the Lord bust through them things and I said in the dream this has got to be the rapture so when the enemy comes in like a flood, God lifts up a standard against him. I believe that as the devil steps up his game, God's going to step up his game. We're going to have an outpouring of God's spirit in the churches like we've never seen before. I was talking with someone uh, this past Sunday. You know, what if God 
begins gifting people with the gift of healing like he did the apostles. When Simon Peter just walked down the street and his shadow would fall on people and they would get healed. Hey, the devil's pulling out his big guns. God could very easily pull out his big guns. And I want to be a cannon for the Lord. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.